Welcome, gentle listener, and hearken to me hither. I wish to share with thee a sumptuous tale of desire. Reading alone certainly has its place, but some activities are rather more pleasant when shared. The annals of female erotica scarcely receive the accolades they hot. More's the pity. So it is that I seek to pay homage and tip my cap to the literary titans of our age. Let us escape together in wonderment, mystery, and lusty exultation, for these are bleak and uncertain times indeed. Perhaps within the dewy revelry of pulpy romance, we may hope to pluck away our cares and quench the communal thirst of our voracious appetites. Together, we shall curry the favor of gentle solace and ascend to the ethereal plane of our own imagination. Perhaps as we bask in the afterglow of titillation, we may kindle the fires for a brighter tomorrow? Or perhaps tis no more than a brief chance to get our proverbial rocks off. I beseech thee, nuzzle into your headphones and allow this humble token of slightly more than friendship to caress the trembling inner chambers of your mind. Today on Moist Lily, we shall be enchanted by incantations from Garthia Anderson's tome, Spellbound in Seattle. Sparks are flying betwixt the dangerously sexy sorcerer Vorador and the stubborn and sultry muggle bombshell Petra. We commence our voyeurism at Petra's humble abode. Will the sensual tensions of this tryst lead to carnal machinations? Perhaps, gentle listener, the following magic words will provide an answer. Vorador shoved his hands in his pockets. It was the only way he could keep them off Petra. He couldn't believe how quickly things had gotten out of control. One moment they had been playful, kissing, laughing. In the next heartbeat, he wanted her with a passion he'd never experienced. He sucked in a deep breath, feeling his overly sensitive skin stretch, remembering her touch on his chest, in his hair, caressing his face. He watched her try for a dignified pose on the couch. He clenched his hands, nearly ripping the seams of his pockets. Spinning away, he headed for the door. Where are you going? He didn't break his stride. I'll be right back. Then he was out the door, into the cool night air. It did nothing to quench the fires burning inside. He stood by his jeep and raised his face, hoping the misty drizzle would clear his mind. His skin felt tight and fever-hot. The fine droplets seemed to sizzle and evaporated as soon as they touched him. Leaning against the jeep, he raked his hands through his hair. What the hell was wrong with him? He'd been furious when he'd finally seen what she'd done to his house. Not in his worst nightmare could he have envisaged such destruction. When she called him an arrogant jerk in that breathy, sexy voice, his anger had metamorphosized into passion and nearly sent him to his knees. Luckily, he had managed to collect himself by the time she opened the door. 
Crossing his legs, trying to appear nonchalant, he'd fervently hoped she wouldn't notice what she'd done to him. Otherwise, she never would have let him in her house. The mere thought sent blood pounding to his groin. Not even when he used a potent sexual spell had his erection happened that swift or that intense. He felt thick and heavy and imminently dissatisfied. His harsh bark of unamused laughter spilt into the night. Hell yes, he was dissatisfied. Petra struck her head out the door. What the heck are you doing out there? Go back into the house. He didn't expect her to obey him. There must have been something disturbing in his voice. For once, she actually did what he asked. Watching her go back inside for some reason, he felt disappointed. Seemed to be his night for it. After several minutes of fierce concentration, he felt minimally in control. It was his job to protect her, not take advantage of her. She was a client, he reminded himself. He wasn't certain he was ready to face her, but any further delay wouldn't help. If he had a lick of sense, he'd go home. Instead, he opened the back of the jeep. Lifting the rolled-up rug onto his shoulder, he marched back into the siren's den. "'What did you think you're doing?' she demanded the instant he entered the house. He dumped the rug at her feet, returning your property. "'I don't want it back,' she transferred her glare from him to the rug. "'You keep it. Tough luck.' Stepping away from her, it was either that or grab her. He fought his desires. You win the prize. Kicking the rug with her bare toes, she said, No thanks, I gave it to you. Why such a big rush to get rid of it? If you'd called, I would have come and got it. She shifted uneasily from side to side. Did something happen? Sometimes she was remarkably easy to read. It was all the other times that drove him crazy. I had nightmares last night. Sorry, I don't see the connection. Nightmares about horrible creatures crawling out of that, she pointed to the rug, and coming to get me. He looked at her, then looked at the rug. You've had this rug for what, a week now? Surely if there was some evil connected to it, it would have affected you earlier. So it doesn't make sense. Tough luck, I still want it out of my house. When he made no move to obey her commands, she put her hands on her hips and scowled at him, as if that alone could force him into submission. He really wished she hadn't done that. It made him want to replace her hands with his. Her posture defined the curve of her hips, hiking the pig shirt up past mid-thigh. He liked her legs. They weren't thin or too muscular. They looked feminine and soft. He could imagine how they felt wrapped around him. He nearly doubled over as lust hit him right between the legs. This wasn't right. Something was wrong here. Ignoring her concerned questions, he sent his senses out, searching the air around her for unusual waves and patterns. He could see traces of her co-workers, but they weren't strong, since they were of such short duration. He saw the bright emerald green he recognized as Jugan. He even found traces of Fitch's menacing orange and burnt umber, the stark black and white of 
Kitoka stood out sharply. There were a few frayed strands woven around her, hinting at childhood friends. But he discerned an ugly dark brown thread with muddy glints of weak power. It wasn't very long, but it wrapped tight around the area of her heart. That must be the bastard who had made her leery of wizards. The most prevalent influence was from her parents. One thick rope of warm earth tones had the intermixed metallic sparkle of magic. That had to be her mother. The other matching coil was exuberant jeweled colors, brilliant with the inner glow of powerful magic. Her father's influence twined about her in love and total support. Nothing seemed out of place. Nothing hinted at contact with an unfamiliar wizard, but he couldn't be sure. In his current state, he could barely see past the passion blurring his vision. Did you hire another wizard to cast a love spell? Her reaction took him by surprise. She burst out laughing. In fact, she collapsed on the couch, lost in a fit of giggles. This is no laughing matter. Oh yes, wiping tears from her eyes, she insisted, it is. He waited for an explanation. He waited for her explanation. If she had gone to someone for a spell, they hadn't done a very good job. While lust had nearly incapacitated, she obviously felt only mild attraction to him. True, she had kissed him first, but it had been more of a curious exploration than a desperate need. He didn't know what to think about that shock which had blasted her across the room. Finally, she said, You don't know how glad I am to hear you ask that. Why? Because you want to confess? No, her grin was impudent and unrepentant, because I thought the same thing, practically since the second I met you. What? Only I thought you had cast a spell on me. He wasn't entirely sure what he felt at that moment. Relief that he wasn't alone in this aroused state? Insulted that she thought he needed a spell to attract woman's interest? Mostly he felt intense interest. He wondered how far she would let things go if he took up right where they'd left off, with Petra on her knees in front of him. I've used no spells on you. He couldn't be sure if his statement caused her relief or concern. Since you claim you've had none cast on me, trust me, I haven't. Something in her tone made him suspicious. Did she look guilty? True, she couldn't have done it since she had no magic. If not her, then could somebody else have cast a love spell on you? Her gaze darted away from his. Yup. Definitely guilty. Who? She glared at him. I don't know, for sure. Who? Okay, maybe my parents, she confessed, but only because they want me to settle down and be happy. And I'm not positive. I mean, it could just be some random. I don't think so, he interrupted. Would her parents have really cast such a spell on their daughter? He supposed it was possible if her love life was as dismal as she seemed to think. So where does this leave us? Nowhere, she said in a rush. Acutely disappointed, he hoped his face didn't show how much her denial affected him. Yet, 
at one short word sent his hopes flying and his blood pounding. His erection was so painful he could barely walk. He made it to the couch and sank down, having to adjust a bit before finding a tolerable position. He did nothing to hide his state from her, as if he could. Even wearing his robe, it would have been difficult to conceal. He glanced at her to judge her mood. She was staring at the bulge in his jeans. Breathing through her mouth, she had a death grip on the sofa cushion. Her nipples poked through the flying pigs in interesting locations. He couldn't keep a, a slow, purely self-satisfied smile off his face. Are you sure not yet? he asked, his voice low and gravelly. Huh? Her eyes didn't even flicker. It shouldn't have been possible, but he got even harder. Great googly moogly, he had to touch her. Reaching out, he cautiously captured just a strand of her hair. When no sparks flew, he deepened the caress, burying his hand in her hair. He gently spread his fingers across the back of her skull and eased her head up, urging her to look at him. That look destroyed his seduction plans. Much as he wanted to ravish her, he couldn't do it. Not like this. Not because some possible outside force controlled their emotions. When they made love, they would both be in full control of their senses. He forced himself to think rationally. Damn, but it hurt. We need to do something about this. What? He wasn't quite sure of her meaning. What she didn't understand. Or what should they do? We have a problem here. Oh, her gaze darted down to his crotch and then back to his face. She grinned. All of my problems should be so big. He grinned back, looked as if her impudent humor had returned. That helped him regain a bit more control. He gently massaged his fingers against her scalp. I'm going to try a dampening spell. We have some serious matters to discuss. More serious than, yes, he said before she could finish. He couldn't quite bring himself to remove his hand from its warm, cozy spot, cradling her head. He could smell the faint, fruity scent of her shampoo. In fact, he could detect all the scents of a delicious fruit salad as he breathed in. She had strawberries in her hair, peaches on her face and neck, apple something on her hands. Whatever, she shrugged, bumping her shoulder against his arm. That simple contact made him realize he'd been building his dam out of straw instead of rock. Her soft touch sent him over the edge of the precipice. There was no more stopping his passion than holding back floodwaters. His hand fisted in her hair, and he dragged her across the space, separating them. Then he kissed her, devoured her, nipped at her lips, ravenous for more. She moaned, and he gathered her closer. He groaned, not knowing if it was because her tongue boldly explored his own mouth, or from the exquisite feel of her breasts pressed against his chest. He wanted his hands on her there, but after the last time, he hesitated. He settled for sending his hands lower across the small of her back. Never breaking their kiss, he lifted her onto his lap, turning her to straddle him. Her weight settled on him, driving him crazy. 
His hands dipped lower, squeezing and caressing her bottom. She arched her hips against him and cried out. He rediscovered what he'd known before. She wasn't wearing any panties. Her skin was as silken soft as he'd dreamed. Vorador, she murmured, his name against his lips. He deepened the kiss, using his tongue to silence her, not wanting to hear the voice of reason. She tasted more delicious than anything in his experience. Her arms wrapped around his neck, and she pressed herself closer to him. He kissed a sizzling path down her neck. She jerked against him when he bit her earlobe. His own hips lifted upwards, grinding their bodies together. Vorador. This time her voice sounded like a plea, to stop or not to stop. He didn't know. He used his teeth where her neck met her shoulder, then licked away the sting. She shuddered, her fingers digging into his shoulders. She arched her back, offering him her breasts. But he didn't dare accept, still rational enough to remember that shock. The dampening spell, she gasped as his hand stroked her inner thigh. Use it. No, he increased his assault. No, he increased his assault, daring to nip the upper swell of her breast through the shirt. He desperately wanted to kiss her puckered nipples, but with all the power flowing between them, he just might electrocute her. His fingers brushed against the hair between her legs. The spell, her voice was nearly a scream. Do it! She grasped and shuddered when his palm cupped her. This is too much, too soon. He knew she was as bright, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't stop now. He eased a finger inside her. She was tight around him, slick with moisture and hot enough to burn. He pushed further and her hips bucked against him. One of her hands slid down his chest, across his stomach, coming to a halt pressed firmly against his erection. He nearly bolted off the couch. She rubbed up and down his length, sending shivers of pure sensation rioting through his body and mind. Had anything ever felt so good before? He didn't think so. You have to stop this. I can't. Her words ended in a garbled sound when he flicked his thumb across her sensitized flesh. He knew she was right. This was wrong. Too fast. Too strong. They needed to slow down. But not yet. Just a little more. He could tell she was close. He wanted to watch her shatter under his hands. He lowered his head, intending to kiss her, knowing that would push her over the edge. Please. Again, one word, just one little word from her, changed everything. He couldn't quite bring himself to withdraw from her heat, but he gave in. He did what she asked of him. Even as he continued to stroke her, sending her higher and higher, he began ch chanting the spell that would douse their passion. Cool the fires, he stuttered to a halt when her inner muscles squeezed his finger. His body trembled at the incredible pleasure of her touch, wishing he cut off the thought before it formed. With whatever was happening here, he feared even an unvoiced wish might become reality. He hurried to finish the spell that burn our veins. He felt her clench around him again, then again, with one final caress, he sent her soaring over the edge. Dampen the desire, 
Her orgasm came crashing through her, and she called his name. He held her close, absorbing her cries of fulfillment, his own flesh aching for the same, and make us same. Suddenly, with a clap of thunder, water came pouring from the ceiling. In seconds they were drenched. Stunned, he raised his face, letting the cold water gush over him. Trying to see where it was coming from, she squealed and jumped off his lap. He spared a brief appreciative glance at the way her wet shirt plastered against her body. He sat there, the water getting more and more frigid, until the last of his passion shriveled and died, washed away. He uttered a few words and crossed his fingers, hoping the spell worked properly this time. The torrent of water slowed, became a trickle, then vanished except for a few drops falling like liquid ice. They landed on top of his head, and he shivered. Are you totally out of your mind? Vorador winced at her shrill demand. He scrubbed his hands over his face, wiping water from his eyes. He shook his head, sending water flying from the ends of his hair, then slicked it back out of the way. He wasn't quite sure what to do next. Nothing like this had ever, ever happened to him before. Is that your idea of a proper dampening spell? He could no more hold back his amusement than stop a runaway train. Well, I'd say we're both pretty much dampened. She gritted her teeth. He could actually hear them grinding together. You were supposed to tone down our emotions, not flood my entire house. Look at this mess. She had a point there. The couch was a waterlogged disaster. Large puddles covered the floor and had probably ruined the hardwood finish. The rolled-up rug was drenched. Her desk had been splashed. Papers were ruined. Books damaged. He hated to think what condition her computer was in. If you want, he flashed a grin at her. I can cast a spell and clean it up. She backed away from him. Don't do me any more favors. He chuckled, wondering when her sense of the ridiculous would kick in. Surely she saw the humor in the situation. Okay, next time... I'll just keep on. There isn't going to be a next time. Trust me on that. I'm sorry. It cost his pride to say this, but he owed her the truth. He gestured around her dripping living room. I don't know what happened. She pushed wet hair out of her eyes and considered his words. Okay, fine. Apology accepted. I guess turnabout's fair play since I wrecked your front room yesterday. She pivoted and started down the hallway. As soon as she turned her back, he quickly worked a general clean-up spell. It was a simple one, used by school children. He didn't see how it could fail. Still, he held his breath when he snapped his fingers. At the sound, she spun to him, ready for battle. The fire in her eyes was replaced by surprise as she took in the spotless room. You are one lucky wizard. He relaxed again on the dry couch. It's pure skill and talent. Luck had nothing to do with it. Smothering a snort of laughter, Petra looked down at her now dry shirt. I think I'd better put a robe on, then we'll talk. When he was alone, he blew out a cleansing breath. What a night, and it wasn't over yet. He could hardly wait.
Was that good for you too, gentle listener? Should your thirst for this particular tale be yet unslaked, look no further than the Amazon, or perhaps your local book merchant. I've taken the liberty of including links to the author's work in the story notations. If you have enjoyed your visit, please be sure to sing praises of the lily on high to your acquaintances, significant others, and fellow personages of estimable taste. Bellowing from either rafter or rooftop is cautiously encouraged. However, five-star reviews and social media shares are preferable. Should you be so inclined, one may also happen upon news, updates, and a veritable plethora of other such erotic goings-on at www.moistlily.com. I bid you warm and dewy salutations until our next chance encounter.